estuary, though that was something that I did not find out until later, as you will see, and the newer part of the town extended mainly on a wide, bare street, running along a kind of low cliff or embankment, where the basements of the small houses on the waterside went down, below the level of the street, to the shore. But the older part of the town was closely and intricately built, with gabled roofs and heavy carved facades hanging over the narrow stone-paved ways, which were here and there led out suddenly into open squares. It was in what appeared to be the largest and most important of these squares that I was standing a little before midnight. I had left my wife and our little girl in the lodging which we had found, and walked out alone to visit the sleeping town. The night sky was clear, save for a few filmy clouds, which floated over the face of the full moon, obscuring it for an instant, but never completely hiding it, like veils in a shadow dance. The spire of the great cathedral was silver filigree on the moonlit side, and on the other side black lace. The square was empty, but on the broad, shallow steps in front of the main entrance of the cathedral two heroic figures were seated. At first I thought they were statues, and then I perceived that they were alive and talking earnestly together. They were like Greek gods, very strong and beautiful, and naked but for some slight drapery that fell snow-white around them. They glistened in the moonlight. I could not hear what they were saying, yet I could see that they were in a dispute which went to the very roots of life. They resembled each other strangely in form and feature, like twin brothers, but the face of one was noble, lofty, calm, full of a vast regret and compassion. The face of the other was proud, resentful, drawn with passion. He appeared to be accusing and renouncing his companion, breaking away from an ancient friendship in a swift, implacable hatred. But the companion seemed to plead with him and lean toward him and try to draw him closer. A strange fear and sorrow shook my heart. I felt that this mysterious contest was something of immense importance, a secret, ominous strife, a menace to the world. Then the two figures stood up, marvelously alike in strength and beauty, yet absolutely different in expression and bearing, the one serene and benignant, the other fierce and threatening. The quiet one was still pleading, with a hand laid upon the other's shoulder, but he shook it off and thrust his companion away with a proud, impatient gesture. At last I heard him speak. I have done with you, he cried. I do not believe in you. I have no more need of you. I renounce you. I will live without you, away forever out of my life. At this a look of ineffable sorrow and pity came upon the great companion's face. You are free, he answered. I have only besought you never constrained you. Since you will have it so, I must leave you, now, to yourself. He rose into the air, still looking downward with wise eyes full of grief and warning, until he vanished in silence beyond the thin clouds. The other did not look up, but lifting his head with a defiant laugh, shook his shoulders as if they were free of a burden. He strode swiftly around the corner of the cathedral and disappeared among the deep shadows. A sense of intolerable calamity fell upon me. I said to myself, That was man, and the other was God, and they have parted. 
Then the multitude of bells hidden in the lacework of the high tower began to sound. It was not the aerial fluttering music of the Carillon that I remembered hearing long ago from the belfries of the Low Countries. This was a confused and strident ringing, jangled and broken, full of sudden tumults and discords, as if the tower were shaken and the bells gave out their notes at hazard in surprise and trepidation. It stopped as suddenly as it began. The great bell of the hours struck twelve. The windows of the cathedral glowed faintly with a light from within. It is New Year's Eve, I thought, although I knew perfectly well that the time was late summer. I had seen that though the leaves on the trees of the square were no longer fresh, they had not yet fallen. I was certain that I must go into the cathedral. The western entrance was shut. I hurried to the south side. The dark, low door of the transept was open. I went in. The